It's a true story. True story. Of seven strangers. Picked to live in a loft. And find out what happens. When people stop being polite. Could you get the phone? And start getting real. The real world has reunited. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's the final episode of Real World Homecoming. Oh. I'm so sad. I'm sad, too. Only six episodes. That was all we got. We came in not knowing. I thought we were going to get eight. I think I said that last week. We said eight to ten. Eight to ten. We got six. Six. But we should just be thankful for what we got. I am. I'm not going to complain much. Not much. This episode's title was From the Real World to the New World. So profound. Mm. So we open up with where we left off last week. Kevin has just gotten off of the phone with Becky, who hung up on him, and he's upset. He is, but you missed the opening song by an artist that I like that's not very well known, which is a rarity. Yes. I thought I saw the devil. It's by James Young. J-A-Y-M-E-S. What's it called? I'll be good. Sorry, but back into the episode. So yeah, Kevin's chatting with some of the producers, and he basically just asks if he can talk to his roommates. Yeah. And they come out, and he's just explaining that he loves them, and he loves Becky. He's just been dealing with his hatred. He points out to Julie, like, saying, I'm sure you've also dealt with a lot of hatred coming off of that fight that they had. From the Because it could be taken you. either way, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, no one should have hate thrown at them. But explaining that the perception of black males, he's saying, you know, people think we're monsters, we're dangerous, and times are different. And now he has to watch his people being killed on social media over and over and over again. And it's devastating. And this is where they list so many names of people who have died because of the color of their skin. Yeah, it was a 30 second to a minute long montage of photos and the names with the photos. It's overwhelming. It was. You know, of course, he talks about George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. And he, again, talks about the book White Fragility. And just saying, you know, again, talking about Becky, just because somebody's saying what you're doing is not cool doesn't mean you're being attacked. So stop saying that. Right. And Becky couldn't get past that. Right. You know, so he's upset. And he's like, he didn't know that he wanted to revisit all of this because back in the day, he felt left on his own. He didn't want to be put in a corner. And Norman chimes in and says, you know, you've walked a path that we can all learn from. And it hasn't been an easy path because of the show and how they made him the angry black man. And that all of the other roommates who aren't black didn't understand it at the time. Right. You know, he's like, you're a 24-7 target. Yeah. Norman said he didn't understand that, like being a target. At the time. Yeah, back then. Yeah. He's like, I'm sorry that I popped off on Becky the way that I did. But people have got to listen. Yeah. And Norman brought up a good point, too. He faced ridicule and hate back in the day, too. Mm -hmm. But he could go home and change his outfit. Right. He could stop, you know, looking a certain way, whereas Kevin couldn't. Yeah. He can't change the color of his skin. Yeah. That's exactly what he said. 
And Kevin's just saying, like, people don't want to engage in, in uncomfortable conversations. He's like, Norman shared the story with us about how someone put his head in a toilet bowl. Yeah, and this is where Kevin started to get yeah. really emotional. He started crying. And yeah. he's just like, I didn't walk away. I didn't turn the conversation off. He's like, I, I listened to him. He's like, people have to listen to us. He's like, no one is saying hate white people, hurt white people. They're just saying, listen. Yeah, you have to be willing to participate in this conversation. And I know they keep pointing it back to Becky, but I mean, that's the example sitting in front of them of a person who didn't want to participate in the conversation. Right. Because it made her feel uncomfortable. You know, he's saying, I realize that people are hurt. Everybody is hurt. Everybody's dealing with something. Mm -hmm. He's like, but you have to be willing to participate. If you just leave, you're a part of the problem. Right. He's saying he just wants closure. He doesn't want to talk about that anymore. He just wants to talk about what he's doing now and what they're all doing now and how great everybody's doing, how they're right. all like killing it in their fields and in their lives, you know? Yeah, like look at what they've all become. Exactly. And he's like, I won't reach out again to her, you know, yeah. after being hung up on like that. He's just- I don't blame him. Saying he's exhausted. Yep. Yeah, I don't blame him either. <laughs> after he says, I'm not reaching back out to her and then he laughs. Yeah. You know, he does say, like, in his ITMs that he's thankful that people are starting to wake up. You know, it's not always just talking to a wall, basically. And Norman ends it with a hug. He does. And he's like, we all have our COVID tests. We have to hug as much as we can. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was interesting because they did show footage of Kevin in the 90s talking about the concept of the real world. And they asked him what he thought that was. And he said to live and interact and learn and grow with these people that are different from you and sharing your different experiences and ideas and beliefs. And I mean, that is that's that's what it was. It's exactly what it was. It's and like what seven it is completely, now. yeah, seven completely different people. Mm -hmm. And what happens when you mix them together? Yeah. The unique concept of doing that mm -hmm. back then. Back then. And then he goes off in a different room and FaceTimes with Eric. Yeah. This is a nice conversation. It was a really good conversation. You can yeah. just tell that there's a lot of love there. There is. And you can tell how much Eric wishes he could be there. Yeah. You know, he really can feel that he's missing out on this because this is like everything that he wants. You know, these deep conversations between people. Yeah. He basically, it sounds like that's pretty much what he thrives on, you know, yeah. is having these conversations and just giving love. Yeah. He's all about the love. I feel like you can see on his face, like when he was watching a few episodes ago, watching these conversations unfold, you could feel like the emotion on his face. Mm -hmm. He was like feeling what these people were talking about. You know, it was it was really interesting to watch. It's funny that you say that because when I was watching him today, I was thinking like, I feel like how he loves and cares and is so deliberate mm -hmm. about how he lives his life and how he interacts with people. I feel like that radiates from him through the screen. Through the screen. Something he recorded four months ago. Right. Like you could feel it. You can. So I'm glad that he's on the path that he's on and he's, you know, making a difference in the world. And mm -hmm. I hope that he continues to have a platform to where, share it on right. a bigger level. You know? Where I can see it. <laughs> exactly. Basically, give that man a show. Put him on the challenge, too. I want to see him interact with these people on I the know. challenge. I want to see what happens when people stop being polite <laughs> and start getting real. And start getting wrecked. Oh, wait. <laughs> that won't be him, though. No, no. Unless there's some mushrooms around. Yeah. It's um, the ayahuasca challenge. <laughs> <laughs>
And Kevin, again, is talking about how since his time on the first season, he's learned how to talk with people of different backgrounds and how to listen. And he's learned love. He's Mm -hmm. like, that's the solution. And again, saying he does love Becky. He just has to let her go. Right. And then Eric says, from the real world to the new world. That's the title. (laughs) (laughs) Job, Eric. Yes. And just talking about where they've come from. And yeah, I guess that was just really nice to see. Eric says they're a reflection. Yeah. So then there was a funny moment. It cuts over to Andre, who is filming a video on his iPhone. Talking about how it's the last night in the loft. He's enjoying everybody and their company. And then he's like, oh, wait a minute. I haven't been recording this whole time. (laughs) He's like, "Uh, I'm not doing that again. (laughs) And also, might I add that Free Your Mind by In Vogue is playing. Free Your Mind! cuts over to Heather and like, they're not going to ruin my night. <laughs> She's ready to party. <laughs> She's she going to drink her gold bottle. I don't know what it is. I thought she said her whole bottle. Oh, I thought it was gold. <laughs> you um, might be right. I don't know. We could both be right. <laughs> or we could both be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they're having Italian night and Eric is now on the screen. And what's funny is when they tell Eric they're having Italian night, he's like, I've been in this hotel room this whole time by myself with a what do you say? With an illness that could kill me. <laughs> and this is the first night I've been angry. <laughs> so they sit down and everybody's getting loose. Kevin says, like, I don't want to do anything but have fun. Yep. And it's time to party. They have a message. Incoming message. Back in 1992, breaking into the control room and pulling back the curtain on the production process blew your minds. But at that time, Could you have ever imagined that 29 years later, the tables might just be turned on you in a most unexpected way? And they're like looking all around. Like, oh my gosh. Heather's like, Eric, is it you? So dramatic. She's like, was this (laughs) pre-recorded? What's happening? Because, yeah, they're like, who is about to come in on us? Which, by the way, we have talked about that storming of the control room before. And that's such a fun scene. It is such a fun scene. They did a a replay of it just before this. And everybody was really cracking up when, like, Eric was breaking in first. He's like, I want in there. And they showed a whole bunch of clips of everybody hanging out with the producers. And they're like, oh, my gosh, that's Tony. Yeah, it was fun watching them watch it. Because as much as you love it anyway, but then you see it through their eyes who know all these people. Right. That's what always blows my mind with reality shows is how close the people are to production and the crew when you don't see any of that. You see none of it. You know what I mean? It's all edited. I guess the only show we watch that you don't ever see that is Big Brother. Because yeah, like nobody's rolling around li- the camera. Yeah, they have live feeds. So even if there are people around, no, there's never any person with a camera in Big Brother. It's always a remote control camera. Right. That's Although, the difference. So they only hear from production. Unless they're in the diary room, I think they might see production. I always pictured it being behind a mirror. It's where like you never see anybody. Maybe that's I- an utter guess, though. <laughs> anyway, that's besides the point. So there's a knock on the door, and who is it? It's John Murray. The creator of The Real World. And George Vashur. Who was an original producer yeah. of the show. They are very excited They're to see so excited. each other. Everybody's excited. Yeah, that was really fun. I always love a good, I want to say homecoming, which is funny because that's the name of the show. But yeah. a greeting of people who haven't seen each other in a long time. Julie's talking about how she and George actually maintained a friendship beyond the real world. And they both attended each other's yeah. weddings. 
And you can tell Eric is not happy that he's missing out on this. Yeah, he's emotional. (laughs) George pops up. He's like, well, what have we learned? And what do we know? (laughs) Looking at you, Heather. And they're just all talking about how special it was back then and how it's been special now, how they came to play. You know, John is saying how proud he is of everyone, how proud they both are of everyone. And... How it was like just the casting process, like how it was down to 11 or 12 people. And then they got down to the seven. And I love that he called Julie out. (laughs) He's like, actually, there was no one cast before the other. So sorry, Julie. Sorry, Julie. (laughs) Like it was the group. The decision was on the group. Julie was so convinced of that too early in the show. She was. She convinced me. I was like, well, of course it was Julie. Then they would have cast around her. Yeah, I believed it. (laughs) Sorry, Julie. (laughs) And they're saying just how courageous and trusting they all were to just jump in, you know, because they didn't know what they were doing. But John and George was like, we all didn't know what we were doing either. We were all just kind of figuring it out together. Like, what exactly is a soap opera documentary? Right. I don't know. Let's figure it out. (laughs) They, of course, then gave props to the rest of their whole team that was working on the show back then. And we actually learn more about the genesis of making the real world on Andy Cohen's show on E! For real, the story of reality TV. So it wasn't everyone, but it was Norm, Eric, Julie, and Heather. Yeah. So we got to see all of them together. And that was nice because we hadn't seen Eric with them. This aired like a week ago, I think. It did. They made it look like it got filmed before the real world homecoming was shot. Yes, because they were saying that they had not been in the same room for almost 20 years. Which could be true if they were just talking about Eric, (laughs) because they technically weren't in the same room as him. Yeah, I would like to know actually how that was done, Mm -hmm. the order of it. You know, it doesn't mean, just because it aired after this one started airing, it doesn't mean that that's the order of how it was filmed. Yeah, there's no telling. Yeah. I guess it doesn't matter that much, but But we don't like to be lied to. Am I to believe that Julie and Heather hadn't seen each other in 20 years? No. Maybe they were just saying all four of them had not been in the same room together. That might be more That could be true. Yeah. Even if it was filmed after Homecoming. That's true. Very true. But they did a good job of acting as if they hadn't seen each other because there were tears. There were. And even Andy cried. Andy did too. Andy was remote. Yeah, he was. They weren't on that show as much as I thought they were going to be. Yeah, because it was more just about reality TV in general, but they did have them on as a special because they were really the first yeah. of all of that. And it talked about like Survivor and like some other kids reality show that I never watched. Kid like Nation. Kid Nation. Big Brother. And Big Brother, yeah. Yeah. But it was an entertaining show. It so was. So you should watch it. But definitely it check it out. Definitely didn't get out of it what I wanted to. I wanted a little more juice. I thought it was just going to be them for an hour. I was excited. Right. I don't feel like I really learned any more than what I've already learned from the reunion. Yeah, absolutely true. Or the homecoming, I guess I should say. (laughs) So John's talking about how back when they pitched the show and how really John and Mary Ellis Bunham, who is the co-creator, who's no longer with us. Yeah, I didn't know she had passed away. Yeah. You know, they had a fundamental belief that if you get to know people and you can let your guard down, that ultimately you'll find out that you actually do have things in common. Even if we put these seven people who have nothing, seemingly nothing in common. Yeah. It's like seven people from different worlds. Yeah. They're all going to make mistakes. And that's going to lead to conflict. Yeah, that's what they thought was going to be interesting about the show. Like the conflict will Mm -hmm. be the story arc. Yeah, which happened. It did. And then it's like if people let their guard down, they're going to find out that they have more in common with each other than they thought they did. Yeah. Through that conflict. Mm -hmm. But also, even though they thought they were also different, 
they still all were basically struggling artists. You know, they were all like trying to make it right in one way, shape or form in the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. you know, so at least they had that. And they're all doing the show together. True. Like they didn't bring any <laughs> IT professionals on there. Right. <laughs> but they definitely, like they said, created something that changed the face of TV forever. Right. I liked this where they kind of opened it up to the roommates to ask them anything if they ever had any questions for them. Julie chimed in quickly and said, did we turn out the way you thought we would? Mm -hmm. And they were just saying, you're remarkably the same great people that you were, yet you've had all this additional life experience. So they felt like parents just so proud of brimming with pride. Norm asked if there was a storyline that they wish they could have aired because they were saying, you know, really there was so much that they wanted to air, but their running time was the problem. You know, they had all these hours of footage, but they had to fit it into this certain time slot. And that leads us into Heather talking about one scene where they had a dinner and her dad came to it. Yeah. So she had a lot of regret that that wasn't on the show back then. She, of course, wanted to see herself with her father, but then also put that out there of, you know, a strong black woman with her father. Right. That relationship, because she's saying, you know, and they're all saying like it was a missed opportunity. Yeah. Because that's not seen a lot. It's not shown whether it's a scripted show or not. This black woman that was... had a really close relationship with her dad and how that helps develop relationships that she has later in her life. Right. They both apologized. And they did. then the moment happened where they showed the footage. That caught me off guard. I didn't think they were actually going to show it. I, I didn't even think about the fact that they had that footage and they would show it right then. I was thinking, oh, maybe they'll give her the footage so she can see it because her dad has passed away. And so, you know, it would be great for her to have. And I'm sure that that's probably eaten away at her all this time, knowing just that they had it and she she didn't have access to it. Right. But then they actually played it on the show and I cried. You did cry. <laughs> I cried a lot. <laughs> I cried for Heather. You know, I mean, I've also lost my father, but it was really more about just the fact that they did that for her. And they're playing Luther Vandross dance with my father. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And just showing how she's saying, like, if I didn't have him, I'd be lost. Yeah. Um, even back then, she's like, my dad's my best friend. And he's telling her, well, everybody's going to like you. You're everybody's best friend. Yeah. You know, and they just seem so it's so small and nuanced mm-hmm. that yeah. they're really close to each other, you know? Yep. It's good to see. But then it cuts over to Heather, present day, mm-hmm. saying like, you know, they didn't know what to do with that footage. They didn't have like a storyline for it. But she wants them to tell the next girl's story who is on the real world yes. that has a great relationship with her father. She's like, I'll take my lumps, but don't do that to the next girl. Right. She seemed really gracious and understanding mm-hmm. when they were apologizing to her. But in her ITM, you could tell that she was hurt by it. Yeah, she was pretty serious and pretty stern mm-hmm. about what it meant to her. Yeah, and what she thought that could maybe do for someone right. to see that. She felt like it was a story that needed to be told. So then they're talking more and Kevin is saying he had forgotten how much they pushed the envelope because I don't think he really had rewatched it. So when they're showing them the scenes, he's like, I really forgot about that, you know, and of course, then John and George are saying, oh, it was your willingness to just be open and vulnerable. Norman wanted to trace back to where the bisexual label came from when he was talking to John, who's a gay man. And John was saying how Norman was really ahead of his time because nowadays the younger kids are all about no labels. Mm hmm. But back then, it was all about labels, you know, and you were heavily judged for how you labeled yourself. There was a funny moment when John was saying, well, you know, I'm a gay man. And Norman's like, well, I hope I helped you, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was funny. 
And then George was saying how at one point he was casting for the London season and there was a kid who came in who was 16 and he was kind of just like, why are you here? You know, because right. you're too young. And uh, it was a young gay man. And he was saying how he just wanted to thank MTV. And he had referenced Norm and Pedro for how they had given him the courage to live the life he wanted to lead. Yeah, that was cool to hear. Yeah. And then they showed clips of Pedro, which always get to me. Yeah. And Norm was just saying how he was really... Glad that MTV had stuck with showing all these different types of people right. throughout the years. You know, they didn't shut down after he and Pedro. They kept going. They did. And I think it's important. Well, it has been very important mm-hmm. to society as a whole. Like, it's crazy that the music television channel pushed through change like this. Yeah. Or helped. You know, it's not only them, but as far as bringing awareness to people. Absolutely. I mean, it truly did. I mean, especially in the early 90s. Yeah. Talked about it before, but Norm was definitely the first gay person that I saw on my television and that I knew of in my life. Right. You know, it was just a whole new world that I didn't know existed and didn't even really understand at the time. But I think it's also what helped me to not be so scared of it or think that it was wrong or bad. Right. You know? Yeah. And, you know, coming from a very religious background, it was put a very certain way as mm-hmm. far as how it was perceived and how it was portrayed yep. as a lifestyle and what those people were like. So this was extremely eye opening for somebody like me coming from that background. Yes, for sure. And then just a lot of gratitude, you know, Eric saying how grateful he is and excited to be a part of it all, even in his hotel room. Yeah, he's like, I don't care. I'm just so excited to be part of it, mm-hmm. even in the hotel room. Norm is thanking them for just giving them the opportunity to come back and everybody's emotional and they're clapping. Clapping and, and hugging. Eric's saying how this reunion is everything. And he's come to this understanding. Take care of your beautiful body. You only get one of you. That's right. Take care of it. Cut immediately to the scene of them just about to get rowdy. Because <laughs> Heather brings in this big chest and opens it up. It's like this 1992 party in a box. Yes. It's a surprise party for Julie for her yeah. birthday. She actually pulled off a surprise party, which sounds like it's very difficult with yeah. Julie hovering around all the time. Yeah. Julie's like, I like to be in control of everything. And the, you got this past me. <laughs> they bring her a present, this real world denim jacket that had like the real world with a palm tree on the back of it, which kind of didn't really make sense because they're in New York City. Yeah. What was the palm tree from? I don't know. Maybe their trip to Jamaica. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) They made it sound like it was like her jacket. It was like a recreation of the jacket she wore. Well, Heather's like, remember those jackets that they gave us? So I didn't know if maybe she lost it or- Maybe, yeah. Or just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why you wouldn't have held on to something like that, but- Either way, Julie was happy. (laughs) I thought this was funny, too. Heather was saying it was also a makeup party for (laughs) when she ruined Eric and Kevin's party back in the day. And they showed clips of that because Heather, didn't she get in a fight? She got in a fight and the cops got called. Yeah, the cops got called. (laughs) It was a huge party, too. Yeah, they were blowing it up. Yep. That was one of the things I was most jealous of, of that show. I was like, I want to go to a party like that someday. And I don't know if I ever have. Well, not with that many people, I guess. Yeah, not like in a New York City loft with people going crazy. And people are dancing. Yeah. And Well, no, we have had people dancing in our kitchen, for sure. That's true. The closest we've come are the parties that we throw at our own house. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's very true. Just not as exciting as a New York City loft. Not quite. <laughs> oh, and they bring out... Well, Kevin brings Julie roses and that like a balloon. And then Heather brings out a cake and it's a top hat cake in the spirit of Norman's top hat. Yeah. And now Julie's just completely lost it. She's just crying and crying. That cake looked 
delicious. It was so great. It was one of those. Did I say she made it? Because she didn't make it. She said she got it. Yeah. Because it's one of those that looks like a sprinkle cake. And then when you cut it open, it has like all the candy that falls out of it. Yeah. Like it's in the center. Like you yeah. cut it straight down the middle. And in the center, it's just filled with candy and yeah. sprinkles and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd like one of those cakes next year, please. Yes. We'll get you one. Or later this year. I mean. Okay. <laughs> He's on it. Come on it. There was a really sweet moment where Julie's thanking Heather and they're hugging and both of them start crying and they show a lot of clips of the two of them back in the day and just talking about how special their relationship is. And then we even see some never before seen clips of them hanging out. Yeah. It was good to see that. I just love it. I picture those two still talking and hanging out regularly. Yeah. At the very least talking regularly. Right. They don't live in the same area, but I think they... They do keep in touch. Yeah. And they're looking through some pictures, like Julie brings out a box of pictures. They were great. I love when they're talking about when they went to the VMAs and how people were just going bananas <laughs> over going them. bananas for them, yeah. Some stuff with Eric trying to hit on Heather back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Heather kept saying he was trying to be with me. <laughs> she wouldn't kiss him on the lips. No. They did show a clip where he was trying to get a kiss out of her. He's like, no, I want lips. And she'd just kiss him on the cheek. Yep. They're talking about fashion. Because in that chest that they brought out for the 90s party, there was a lot of... 90s hats and sunglasses and stuff like that and you know they're looking at those pictures and they're talking about what they used to wear like everything's baggy montage of that yeah Yeah. everything's baggy very colorful the hats hats some interesting glasses granted a lot of that fashion is coming back i have to break it out of the attic yeah we'll see if we've (laughs) i probably still have some of it (laughs) julie's drunk again yeah She starts hollering. (laughs) Not hating on her, but she's just, she's on one. And then she and Norm are in the confessional and she's still just crying, but in a good way. But just, she's sad, you know, thinking that this may be the only birthday she ever spends with all of them. Yeah. They do keep hinting around that every so often in this episode where it's like, this is the last time we're all ever going to see each other. Yeah. Everybody keeps saying that. Keep saying this is the last time we're going to be in this loft. It's the last time we're ever going to see each other. We'll see about that. Listen, I've watched. MTV and I've watched Challenge. You're doing some challenge math. I'm wondering if challenge math can apply here. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Spoiler alert. (laughs) You're blowing it up early. Sorry. So Kevin is saying he's trying not to get emotional. You know, he's like, this is a part of your life forever. The real world. He's like, I think they always think about how this has affected them and what it means for their life. He's like, but we also belong to all of these people. Yeah. Meaning us. Right. The viewers. It's true. Because I do. It's like, I feel like I know them. Right. Like they are my friends. Yeah. And it's been super fun having this podcast and social media to be able to interact with a lot of them. They've like shared our post or, you know, yesterday Kevin was chatting with me in DMs a little bit. And that was I mean, amazing. I was so emotional about it because I'm I just know. like, oh my God, like, like I, this is Kevin for the real world. It means so much. And I've yeah. loved these people since I was 12 years old. Right. And also I'm defensive of them. Like someone commented in the thing about how they can't believe that they're all still alive. And I was like, excuse me? Yeah. It made uh, you and me angry. I was like, they're only in their 50s. Yeah, like relax. I don't get what you're saying. Like 18. Like, are you saying it because you think they're old or are you saying it because of a lifestyle? But but really at the time, we never even knew of any of them living a hard life. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. I got really irritated. It took a lot for me not to block that person. (laughs) (laughs) These are my friends. Leave them alone. Anyway, again, it's just everybody talking about, you know, Heather's talking about the unique bond that they all have. Like, they're the only seven people in the world that did the very first season of The Real World, Mm -hmm. you know, and how that bond is just unexplainable. And Andre, you know, saying how they're never going to get this opportunity again. So it's bittersweet. 
So then it's the end of the night and Heather's writing in her journal again, her, like we learned about in the beginning, her what I knows and what I learned and that she writes every day. So we got to see some of those and we were, <laughs> we were pausing so that we Just, could read all of yeah, them. Yeah, we wanted to read the whole thing. Yeah, it was fun. I like how we learned a little bit of like what Norm said on day one. He knew that friendship is real. Julie said what she learned, what she learned like today was that there's some things that she's just not that invested in and okay letting go of. Yeah. I like to hear that. Yeah. I think it's important to remember things like that Mm -hmm. because I think sometimes we hold on to friendships, relationships that really don't serve us anymore. Right. But it's just because that's what you think you should do or because you have a history with that person. And not that you want things to be hateful or to end on a bad note or anything like that. But I do think that sometimes you have to take care of yourself. And if something is just... Just not. You just got to let it go. And yeah. See what happens. Yeah. And not concern yourself with it. It was a good reminder. Is, so thank you, Julie. Yeah. Thank you, Julie. Because it's hard to do sometimes. It is. Doesn't mean that doing that is ever going to be easy, but Mm-mm. it's just nice to know other people go through that too. But Heather's just talking again about why she writes that down every day. And it's just a way of reminding herself why she's there and hoping to remind her roommates of the same thing. And then they're saying that day five was powerful. That was, was the day we had just seen. Yeah. And I agree. I think it was. And then pops on Don't Dream It's Over. Hey now, hey now, don't, don't dream, dream it's over. Hey <laughs> it was beautiful. Hey they cut back to Julie in the 90s at the end of their time saying how she thought they'd always stay in touch. But then, you know, they cut to her now and she said that no matter what, all that they've been through, like she thinks now these friendships are stronger. Yeah. I think most of them are. <laughs> Yes, they did have one little snippet of Becky talking and she was saying how seeing everyone was beautiful, but it's history. Let somebody else create a new genre. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm fine with her moving on. Yeah, I don't I don't think we need her in this genre anymore. No, it's very annoying. Don't be on a show that people are nostalgic about and And then talk about let new people come in. Whatever. Bye. Bye. See ya. See ya. See ya. So it's the next morning. It's the last day. Last day. And they're heading out first thing. They're going to go see Eric. Yeah, they're all standing out there. Well, it's crazy to see New York City empty. I know. And that was in January. Is that when they were filming? Yeah. Okay. Julie's on the phone calling Eric because they're just out there waiting. Mm -hmm. And then he comes out. And they're doing a lot of cutting back and forth because we're seeing people in their ITMs, you know, Kevin saying how there was sadness doing the show because Eric wasn't there and what happened with Becky, you know, Mm -hmm. she left. But he's like, I've also learned that that's just the way life goes. Yeah. But Eric seems really happy to see everyone. He does look happy and sad at the same time. He's like, I've told them all a hundred times that I love them. Yeah. And he was saying in his guru ways that he thinks that their connection is even bigger than them, even though that energy and force lives within them. He thinks it's just even beyond that. They've finished one circle and they've started another one. Yes. I like it, Eric. What's this (laughs) new circle we're talking about? Yeah. What is the new circle? I like it. A circle of six. Oh, I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was funny to see the clip of Eric from the original real world talking about, man, I want to see everybody 50 years from now. We all walk in with canes and walkers and stuff like that. Yes. (laughs) Then we cut to one of your favorites. What's that? It's the side by sides of them packing, packing back in the day and packing now side by side, one black and white, one color. Uh, I always feel so sad at the end of any show, like anytime something's wrapping up a finale, I'm usually crying. 
But this is like a double whammy because you're seeing the end of the first season and then you're seeing the end of this all at the same time. It's very emotional. And I put another note here that they keep saying it's their last time in the loft (laughs) ever. And my note was, where's the loft going? (laughs) Is somebody going to demo the loft or something? Because I'm not happy about that. I hope not. I hope not too. I think they're just saying they probably won't ever do that again in the loft. Probably. We do see some more shots of what's going on around the house. And we see this one shelf that has frames of all the pets that they had. Smokey the cat, Gouda the pup, and then Yoda, which is their little stray pup that they found and they (laughs) rescued and then found the owner. Also, the grievances box was there, I noticed. Did you see that? that Do you remember that from the first season? Not really. Really? Oh, okay. A grievances box. I'll have to go check that out from the first season. Yeah. Maybe I'm remembering that wrong, but I'm pretty sure that they would put their grievances in a box and then read them. I mean, it makes sense. They did a lot of stuff like that in the first season that that didn't really carry on later on. Yeah. Then Don't You Forget About Me is playing. Oh, ready to see Judd Nelson walking across a football field and putting his fist in the air. Gosh. (laughs) How did they not do that? Like somebody walking down an empty New York street and then fist in the air. Oh, they should have. That could have been Kevin. It would have been so cool. Yep. Kevin is saying how he learned so much more about everyone than he did the first time because, again, he learned how to listen. That was so interesting to hear that and to think about the amount of time that they were there the first time Mm -hmm. and over a span of six days, how he's grown and like learned how to listen better. Yeah. You can see that it really matters to him to Mm -hmm. take something away from this. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. And then Heather says something that caused us both to look at each other. Mm -hmm. She said... There's always something with this group, always, that it's like to be continued. Right. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. I have chills right now just thinking about it. (laughs) And then, speaking of chills, then they reap. Oh, I'm going to (laughs) cry. I'm sorry. They replay the opening scene. Of everybody saying their thing. Yes. We'll play it right here. This is the true story. Seven strangers. To live in a lot and have their lives taped. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. This is the real world. Real world. The real world. The real world. The real world. And then it's over. It's over. We fade to black yep. and we see it's all dedicated to Mary Ellis Bunham. Yeah. That's special. And then you think it's over, credits run, and then all of a sudden, cuts back on. There's a stinger. There's a stinger. My favorite. I love a good stinger. Yes. So it's Julie in 1992, talking to the camera, and she says something that really made us go, hmm. Hmm. Well, listen for yourself and see what you think. In my advice, I would say turn the cameras off now. This is like a cliffhanger. This way they can either order more of us or of another seven. It's an idea. I'm brainstorming, but maybe if we think on this a little bit, we can go with it. Turn the cameras off now. Nobody will know what happens. It's a thought. Very curious. Yeah. Why did they play that? Yeah. Because obviously it's to make you think like, okay, now what are they going to do? Are they going to do this season again? Or are they going to go on to season two of The Real World? Their homecoming. I know. For me, I'm fine if they do little snippets 
okay, you're going to do six episodes. Give me six of season one. Then give me six of season two. You know, people have lives. They got stuff they have to do. Mm -hmm. But come back to it. I don't want that to be the last time that I see these people. I don't want it to be either. That would be really disheartening. But also, you know, we didn't even know we'd ever get this. So I'm satisfied if we don't get more. But they definitely are teasing like we're going to get more. So at this point, I'm going to be pissed. Right. If I don't see Heather and Julie back on my screen again together, I'm going to be pissed. They better have their own show and stat. Yeah. I mean, I want all of them, but well, not all of them, but, you know, the six. (laughs) But obviously, you know, I don't know if that'll happen or not. But in some way, shape or form, that to be continued better be continued. Right. I mean, there's too much to talk about to leave it at this. Yeah. Well, and I just really love seeing them. Right. (sighs) I don't know. You can hear so much of their stories throughout their whole life. What's currently going on? What happened previously? Yeah. I I would love for them to dig into more that happened to them, like when they left the real world. Yeah. In more detail. You know what I mean? Like, Julie, tell me about how you met your husband and how that all went about. Give me Julie's fish out of water story in Alabama now. Yeah. (laughs) What's that like? What's that like? What was her relationship like with her parents when she went back? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I would also like to see the other seasons of The Real World. I watched them all, so I would love to see them all reunite. None of them are as special as this one. No, they're not. But I definitely, I'm down for all of it. And I really want to see them all together. Yeah. But I mean, if I get a side shoot show, great. Mm -hmm. But I do love them all together. All six of them. (laughs) Yes, for sure. And that's it. Oh, that's it. This was so fun. Thank you to everybody that has listened to this. Come on this journey with us. We've had a good time. We're sorry to see it go. We're sorry to see it go. Will it be back? I don't know. (laughs) Question mark, question mark. Also, if you are a fan of The Challenge, which you may be if you love the real world, you probably have heard that they've also had a reunion of sorts called The Challenge All-Stars, and we are covering that one. Our first episode of that dropped last Thursday, and we're going to see it through for their first season. I feel like we had a really good time on that episode. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. (laughs) We made lists of who all we thought would be like in the top and and who we thought would win. And yeah, it's, no spoilers. it's really funny. So <laughs> you should check that out for sure. Well, no spoilers on our list. The show itself is full spoilers. Yeah. If you haven't watched it or you don't want to know what happens, then, you know. And don't come listen to the recap. <laughs> <laughs> but do listen. But do listen, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, as usual, you can find us on Instagram at we don't want to grow up pod. Email us at we don't want to grow up pod at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at we don't want to grow up exclamation point or just like our Facebook page. We're new on TikTok, but you can find us there at we don't want to grow up. And if you'd like to support our podcast and our journey into this wonderful world of nostalgia, trying to spread joy to the world, you can come to Patreon at patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. You can donate $4 or more per month. We'd really appreciate it. There's bonus content there. More on the way. Very soon. And that's it. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.